Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into the House of L podcast. Woo! Excited for you to hear this episode. I know I say that every time, but it's the truth. Because I end up talking with a lot of great people that have great stories that they want to share. And this one is super timely because it's one of our favorite people. It's, it's JJ Stankovitz, man. He's so great. By the way, the House of L podcast is brought to you by Zinni. They are now the title sponsor. Getting me some new. I'm actually going through it right now. I'm on ZinniOptical.com. I'm actually finding some funky, fresh, new frames for my glasses. You know I wear glasses and I love my glasses. So Zinni and I hooked up and we are going to do this thing. And I'm going to find some new frames. I went and saw the eye doctor and everything to make sure that everything is all good. So I can get some fresh new frames. So you should do it too, zinnyoptical.com. Man, I got to tell you, this was, this episode of the podcast was both, I'm glad we did it and it was really hard to do for me. I'm just going to tell you straight up and down because I, I, I just adore JJ. Like it's part of the reason that, over the last two seasons, J.J. was my Bears guy. That I, I would bring him on once a week to talk about the Bears because I knew from working with him how connected he was, how good the information was, how you weren't just going to get the company line from him, that he was going to to break it all down and let you know what was real and what was imagined and smart and researched and the amount of work that he would put into the columns that he wrote for NBCSportsChicago.com, he, he really lived it. And we'll get into why that is, and, and, and you'll understand in, inside of our conversation. But it's one of the things that I say, and you'll hear me talk about it in, in the conversation with JJ. I've spent a lot of time at the score doing a show by myself. I think most people know that. And then there's been this thought of, well, Lawrence doesn't like having a partner, and that's not true. The truth is, is that I haven't either been given access to people who I think I would do really well with as far as partnership go, or those people have left. Like, you know, like, I'd love to do a show with Jason. It's never, it's, I've never been given that opportunity. And when I got to NBC, and I had, the, I had a similar experience over at 120, working with Tyler 
and and working with Michael Kim. And I was like, man, and, and Laura Britt. I'm like, it's cool to be part of a team. I think people think that I like being alone. And don't get me wrong. Like, I there are definitely – there's definitely to the idea of the creative control. But when you can be yourself inside of a team concept, it's even better. And at NBC, I – felt like I had that. I had that with my guys on set. I had that with JJ. I had that with the producers. Like there was a really incredible like vibe over there. So it it hurt me in a way that I I don't know if I even on the episode where I talked about getting laid off really expressed it. Um shout out to Layla Rahimi because throughout this process like she and I have kind of like, we're bonded because of that experience. You know, Layla was the person that called me and was like, hey, there might be some stuff going on, so you need to steal yourself for it. And we've kind of, as friends, have been working through what it's like to not have that opportunity anymore. And and for me, whether it was producer Slav, shout out to Slavko, or Eric and... I just felt like it was a really strong team over there. And J.J. was an integral part of it. Whether we were talking on the air or not, like I was for sure referring to his work on air. You're giving him credit. But when we were on the air together, I thought it was really good too. Like we did some cool stuff. And I'm really happy for him because he, out of all the people that I saw get laid off. Like, I was gut-wrenched by J.J. being laid off. J.J.'s got twin baby boys. Like, for real, for real. And NBC took good care of him when he was on paternity leave. But just to see, like, that be a significant part of, like, the decision-making that he would have to go into. And I knew some of the trauma that he was going through after being laid off because I went through it, Layla went through it, we worked through it together. I knew to kind of let him be for a little bit. And I told him, I said, I know this hurts. I know it sucks. When you're ready to, like, talk about the next part, let's talk about it. So, you know, a few days later, JJ's like, I got an idea for for a podcast. And I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's get you on, on House of L. And he did a couple of pods for me, which was great. It was great to, like, I'm trying to tell you, one of the reasons that I love doing House of L is because in situations like that, I can pay smart people. And it's not a lot. Like, we don't have a lot of money over here at House of L. We truly don't. We're working on it. And because we have great partnerships with, like, Zenny and and David Hochberg and Brendan Studzinski over at State Farm, like, it gives me an opportunity to pay smart people. So, as a matter of fact, hey, ChicagoSF.com. Just go over to Brendan Studzinski's State Farm page like right now and get a quote from him. Make him your agent because he's helping me pay people, pay smart people. And you get you get a $10 
donation to Paul Chicago. So ChicagoSF.com, and I'll get to David Hogberg in a minute. But being knowing that House of L, and we joke about it, you know, we <laughs> inside the walls of House of L, which is really just my office, and on Zoom and in chats, we joke about how this is like University of Alabama, where smart people come here, they get rehabilitated, and then they go and get great jobs. So I got Connor McKnight as my Lane Kiffin, and now I got JJ as my Steve Sarkeesian. Now he's off to get the big job in Texas. It's actually not where he's going to go work. We'll, we'll explain in a little bit. But being able to pay smart people for their work, like that's the goal. People hit me up. And they'll say, hey, I want to do a podcast. And I say, listen, we can't afford it right now. And then, like, I'll do it for free. And I'm like, no, you won't. You have to understand that your work is worth money. So don't just give it away. And, and if I get to a point where I can pay you, I will pay you. I just can't pay you right now. We're a very small media company, but we're doing the best that we can. Having JJ do some stuff for us. I just knew it was going to be top-notch quality, and he came in and just knocked it out. But I just genuinely like him. He he is not afraid of tough conversations about life. I, I know why he's so good in the locker room because he's respectful and he's smart, and he genuinely cares about the players that he covers. And it comes across, and it comes across with the type of stories that he wrote and the access that that he got. So he has a cool new job. I will tell you a little bit about that after I tell you this. If you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your existing home, then you need to call Team Hockberg. For 20 years, David has built his business helping first responders and medical professionals with their mortgages and wanted to do more to say thank you. Every week, Team Hochberg will recognize first responders and medical professionals for keeping us safe and healthy. This week, they're recognizing Police Chief Luis Teguera, Deputy Chiefs Joseph Romano, Joseph Penzi, and Nicholas Zacula, as well as 108 police officers and 26 civilian support staff of the Niles Police Department. To thank them and support family-owned restaurants, Team Hochberg purchased food from Chasers Bar and Grill. Now, I've been there. I've been to Chasers. First responders and medical professionals deserve our appreciation, and family-owned restaurants need our support. If you can afford to, purchase lunch from a family-owned restaurant for your local police, fire departments, and hospitals. Team Hochberg has helped me. As a matter of fact, I actually talked with David last weekend about a project that I'm working on. He can help you too, okay? They can't help if you don't call. Call them, 312-855-56-DAVID. Wait, you don't need that 312. It's 855. 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. Homeside Financial and Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 1124061. So JJ's new gig. JJ is going to go cover the Indianapolis Colts. And this is significant. It's significant because his wife, Betsy, who is just the best, she's a Colts fan. 
In fact, <laughs> I was interviewing JJ on the score after they hired Chuck Pagano. And I want to say Betsy was in the car or she was sitting next to him in the house when he was doing the interview. And she had things she wanted to say about Chuck Pagano. And it was great. She loves it. She loves the Colts. So seeing that JJ is now going to be down in Indianapolis covering the team that she grew up loving is dope. The other part that's dope to me, and you'll hear me and JJ talking about it, I'm glad that he's not leaving football. And he'll tell you inside here, there was a chance that he was leaving football, covering football. And that's a lot of the choices that people in every industry, like you have to, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to put food on the table. I'm just glad that a guy with that level of connection and talent didn't have to leave the job that he loves. He's just doing it in another city, which is a challenge within itself. But I'm glad that he got this opportunity. So without further ado, my conversation with my friend, J.J. Stankovitz. First of all, I'm just, I'm thrilled about this for you. Like, I'm completely thrilled that you're getting this opportunity. I want to know, how close did you come to leaving the industry overall? If this Colts thing didn't work out, I probably would have found something else to do. Um, the opportunity to work for the Colts, first and foremost, um, a really great franchise that has a lot of really smart and creative people in it, a lot of people with a lot of character, um, that drew me to this opportunity. Um, and, and the, you know, writing for a team has a lot of stability to it where if, if I do a good job, I hope, and you know, I, I don't have any reason to believe otherwise that I, I don't have to worry about what happened to me at NBC happening again. And what happened to you, Lawrence at NBC, where you do a job that you're told is, is very good. And then your position has been eliminated. Um, I just, I, I struggled a lot with the media landscape and if I wanted to risk that again, you know, I've, as I'm sure listeners know, like I've got 15 month old kids and getting laid off when you've got kids, that, that sucks. That's awful. Like having to go back upstairs and see them and they don't know what's going on. They're 15 months old. They barely, you know, they're barely walking and talking. So but going up there and, and seeing them and being like, I don't know what my next job is going to be because I just lost mine. Like, I don't want to go through that when they can understand that daddy got laid off. And staying in the business and, and trying to find something at another outlet, I had a lot of reservations about that. Um, and then this Colts opportunity popped up. And I mean, I, I was sold from the interview I did with uh, Dave Knickerbocker and Amber Darrow there, um, I left that interview being like, I want to work here. And I'm so glad that it worked out because already, I, literally we're recording this after my first day and I've been blown away by the culture that's there, by the people who I'm getting a chance to work with and I'm lucky enough to work with. 
it's incredible. It's, it's already exceeded my expectations. And um, I'm glad I get to still cover football because Lawrence, you texted me while I was going through this and, and you said like, it would be a shame if I didn't keep doing this. And I, that stuck with me a lot when I was evaluating various, you know, career paths, thinking like, if I can still stick in football, that would be great, but it's got to be the right opportunity. And the Colts had the right opportunity. And I'm lucky enough to be able to say I get to do it. I'm glad that, that you're staying in the industry. Although I would have, I, man, I completely understand the idea of running away from it. Like I, like, especially after what happened at, at, at NBC where, you know, I, I looked at my, my position as being a bit of a luxury item. I'm like, I'm, I was a luxury item. I'm like, oh, you got me to host this show that you're doing in during football season. Like, I kind of – I understood it. And when they told me that they were laying me off, I was like, I get it. And I was able to compartmentalize a lot of that stuff. But I also had another full-time job. Mm-hmm. So that there wasn't the added strain of – what happens when your your buyout is over? Like I don't I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And when they when I heard about you and Cam, I was like, how? Like how how are you going to function as a news gathering organization now when it comes to bears when your two top bears people are no longer there? And I just kept thinking like there's no way that if someone smart saw your resume that they weren't going to give you an opportunity to do something. I'm super glad that it's it's the Colts and you already have the connection with the Colts <laughs> uh, with with your wife. Like that's dope to me that what is she I got to know like when you approached her and said the Colts are interested. What did she say? It was a mix of, oh my God, that's incredible. And oh my God, we would have to move. Like she's from Indianapolis and she, she has deep, deep roots there, but she's got deep roots in Chicago sure, as do I. And leaving was a very difficult decision for me, for us to leave Chicago, it was always going to have to be the absolute perfect job opportunity and the perfect role. And I found it. I don't know how lucky I am. I still can't even process how lucky I am to have found this role because it's, it's awesome. And we, otherwise, I don't honestly know what I would have done, Lawrence, in Chicago. Um, you know, I was applying for stuff and not hearing back when it came to, you know, jobs that were more in kind of like the corporate sector, because I don't have any experience doing content strategy or stuff like that. And I later found out and talking to some friends who are involved in hiring processes at various companies that a lot of corporations are just not hiring right now. They will hire the, like the unicorn candidate, right? Right. If, if like, oh my God, the perfect person comes along, okay, we'll hire them for this role. But someone like me who didn't have direct experience, like I, I wasn't really getting anywhere. And that's why I was so fortunate that this Colts opportunity was, was present because I always knew like, okay, if this thing works out, then 
I don't have to worry about all that stuff. But if it doesn't, you know, and like, like I said, I don't, I wasn't super keen on just, especially uprooting my family to move somewhere where we didn't know anyone or didn't have family. That would have been very difficult. Um, turned out that the Colts and the Colts were a great fit for me. I'm a good fit for them. And I, you know, it's incredible, right? Like somehow life works out like this where I get laid off. And like, as it turned out, like a day before I got laid off, the Colts posted a job opening for staff writer. Like if I got laid off a week later, two weeks later, I don't know what would have happened. And I'm sure that if you would have seen that, like at the time, if you would have seen that, you would have probably pitched one of your friends and said, hey, you should. You should go for this job. This seems like mm-hmm. a great job in Indianapolis. Yeah, right. And I'm I'm just so lucky um, to to have this work out. It's going to be tough leaving Chicago, um, but you know, hey, I I I also, you know, I'm, I'm following Dave Knickerbocker, who is you know he he's the one who hired me with the Colts. Uh, he's a Chicago guy. He worked at the Blackhawks, uh, founded Banner Collective. Um, did a lot of really great stuff with Blackhawks TV and, and stuff over there. And he's a Chicago guy who moved to Indy. And hearing him talk about his experience moving and, and in addition to the job and to working for the Colts, that put me at a lot of ease mm-hmm. with this. You know, my wife knows what it's like to live in Indy. I don't. I've visited for long stretches, but I've never lived, lived there. Um, I'm excited about it. It's, it's a challenge to try to pick up and move, uh, try to sell our house to try to buy another house while navigating, you know, my wife has to find a job. There are a lot of moving parts to this and it's going to be a, a stressful, you know, probably pretty hectic couple of months here, but it's all worth it. I mean, when we get down there and we're close to, you know, Betsy's family and, I get to cover the Colts. I mean, you know, like what a number of Betsy's friends told her, like, if you could have told 22 year old Betsy just coming out of college that she was going to marry the lead writer for the Indianapolis Colts, like she would have been going nuts. (laughs) Yep. So, but it, it, you know, look, it's, it's not all, Oh my God. Like this is the easiest decision ever. Like picking up and moving is a tough decision. And again, I go back to, the, the, the people who I'm working with and the organization that I'm working for, that's what sold us together on this move. I try to tell students all the time about the sometimes the, the nomadic scenarios that we can be put in in this business and how important your partner is in that. Like, mm-hmm. if, if your partner doesn't understand what it is that you do and understand that the, the way that the industry is working right now might cause us to have to move, like, those are, those are hard conversations to have. So what was the approach in, I don't, I don't know if convincing Betsy that this is the right thing mm-hmm. to do because she's a sentient being with her own mind, but what were those conversations like when you were trying to decide what you wanted to do versus what would be best for the family? 
it, it was a lot of pros and cons lists. Um, you know, the, the cons to leaving here, like we have an incredible network of friends here. My parents are here. Um, we, uh, our nanny is the most wonderful person I think I've ever met. Like we, the childcare thing, honestly, Lawrence, that, that was one of the biggest things. So our nanny, uh, she, when we were interviewing her back in August, um, you know, to come be our, our boy's nanny, she's talking about her past experience. And she says, oh, I nannied for the, you know, the McDonald's on, you know, Damon. And oh, I nannied for the Hamiltons on Southport. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You mean Brian and Jacqueline Hamilton? She's like, yeah, Brian and Jacqueline. Brian Hamilton used to cover Notre Dame for the Tribune, college basketball writer for The Athletic, one of my best friends in the business. So I immediately texted Hamilton. I'm like, dude, we're interviewing your old nanny right now. He's like, oh, Vicky's the best. And she has been the best to our boys, to us. You know, it's her 65th birthday today. Um, Happy birthday to her. She, yeah, I mean, she is wonderful. And we trust her so much with our boys. She's a part of our family. And leaving that, that sucks. There is no replacing that. There's no replacing the network of, of incredibly close and tight friends that we have here. Like I got laid off and that night we got delivered to our door, food from our favorite restaurant and some uh, stuff to make Moscow mules. Just like, hey, you could probably use a drink. Like, and that was incredible. And like leaving that, that sucks. There's nothing that, like this job is incredible. And the opportunity to move and live in Indianapolis is incredible. That can exist while it still sucks to leave. Let's talk about some happier stuff here. Let's talk about the moment when you kind of knew that you wanted to make this your life's pursuit. Like, when's the moment when you say, I know a little bit about football. I'd like to keep doing some more of this. Is it at Notre Dame or is it when you start covering the Bears? That's a good question. Um, so I think I, I always wanted to be a sports writer. And that I, you can go back and look at my sixth grade yearbook where, you know, everyone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And all these you know, kids are like, I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a doctor. All these really ambitious things. And like two kids from my class are actually doing what they said they wanted to do. One is me, a sports writer. And the reason why I said I wanted to be a sports writer is because I went to grade school with Evan Turner, former AP College Basketball Player of the Year, made like a zillion bucks in the NBA. And Evan said he wanted to be a basketball player. And I was like, I think that's what a professional athlete looks like. I'm nowhere near that. I should probably just write about him. <laughs> and it, it kind of took off from there. Um, so, you know, I, I remember when I was in middle school, my mom mentioning, hey, like, I think University of Missouri has a really good journalism program. Well, I wound up going to Mizzou like five years later. Um, and I, I never knew what I really wanted to cover. Like baseball was my first thing. Like that's what I wrote about the most. 
growing up and like kind of cutting my teeth. Um, I did a, God, I mean, some OGs might remember this, but I wrote White Sox blogs for examiner.com when I was in college Mm -hmm. and I was making like a cent a page view. So I'd write, you know, I might get, you know, uh, a thousand page views in a month and I'd be like, sweet. That's, that's like three beers at Harpo's. That's great. Um, and I, you know, I, I always, I found I really liked writing and finding like the, the thing Lawrence that I, I love when I'm writing the most is those kind of like aha moments where you, I, I'm like looking something up and I'm just like, Oh man, like a light, you just know, like the light goes off. So I always loved those moments and football. I always liked football, but like growing up, I was a much bigger baseball and basketball fan. Um, my love of football didn't really take off until I got to Mizzou. Mm. My freshman year was when Chase Daniel was a Heisman Trophy finalist, former Bears great Chase Daniel. And Mizzou got up to number one in the country for a week, and then they lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. And, like, my love of football took off then. And my roommate, one of my roommates in college, he's now the SID at Clemson for Clemson football, Ross Taylor. And like, we would just stay up playing like NCAA football all night. And that's when I really got into football. So I, you know, I covered Mizzou a little bit here and there in college. Um, When I graduated college or between my junior and senior years of college, I interned at CSN Chicago um, for the digital department, which at that time was still very much growing. Uh, And then, you know, I, I stayed in contact with TK Gore after uh, my internship ended, he was the old digital director at CSN Chicago. Stayed in contact with him. He brought me on to do a White Sox blog before I even graduated. And then hired me as kind of like a part-time web producer right out of college. And a couple months later is when Comcast and NBC merged. So I was like, okay, opportunity. I walked into his uh, office with a one-sheeter on why we should cover Notre Dame football. He was like, all right, let's give it a shot. So we did it in 2011, had some success, not a ton of success, but then 2012, Notre Dame goes undefeated. They make the BCS championship. There's the whole Lene Kakua saga. And like our page views just explode that year. And it was like, all right, we got to have JJ full-time covering Notre Dame at that point. And, you know, I was doing baseball stuff on the side. Like that, I, I was covering the Cubs and White Sox. I was like, Dan Hayes is primary backup on the White Sox beat. I was kind of number three behind, you know, the great Patrick Mooney and Tony Andraki on the Cubs beat, uh, filling in where I could. And that kind of, you know, helped out in the summer when Notre Dame season was not as, as crazy. Um, and I kind of carved out a role doing that. And, I, you know, I always had thought, like, I'd really like to cover the NFL. But I, always, I was really happy covering college football. If, if I could have stayed doing it, I would have stayed doing it. Um, but then 2017, they moved me over to the, the Bears beat. Uh, John Moon Mullen kind of became the insider emeritus at that point. And I, I don't know if there was this one like aha moment of like, oh, I really want to make covering football my career. It just kind of happened organically. And I knew, I knew covering baseball would have been a challenge because I, 
I want to have a life. A, you can say it. You can say it, JJ. The, okay, people yeah. people but, need you know, to like, understand. But I, I tread lightly because there are baseball writers who have families. I know, like, but but they will tell you that. I mean, I we were having a conversation. Me, Russ, and Leisure were having a conversation a couple nights ago, and I hadn't even thought about it in these terms. Because the longest that I've been away is training camp. Like, you're there for two and a half weeks or whatever covering a team. Russ is going to be in Arizona for eight weeks mm-hmm. before the season starts. Yep. And then you got that 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 slog of a season where you mm-hmm. – and now you're doing 162 games. Yeah, I could have covered last season. Yeah, you're doing it yeah, off, right. yeah. off of <laughs> Zoom and stuff. Like, that sounds great, but – but, oh, my God, like, I have so much respect for people who cover baseball on a daily basis because I don't, I don't know how you have the bandwidth at the end of the season for it. I mean, it's the grind of that. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it in my terms. Like, okay, you know, I am started off dating uh, Betsy when she was, uh, you know, she was working in the school. So if I'm covering baseball on a regular basis during the week, she goes to school at 7 a.m. to go to work. I'm probably not even awake yet. Because I got back from the park at 11.30. I leave for the park around 2 o'clock, 2.30. She gets home at 3, 3.30. Like, I literally wouldn't even see the person who I love for, like, an entire week. Yep. While we're in the same house. So I was just like, I, I don't think I can do that. And not that, not that there was ever really an opportunity that presented itself I maybe could have applied to some stuff or whatever it may be, but that never appealed to me. Even though baseball was my first love in terms of writing, the football schedule is so much better. It is so much easier to have a work-life balance when you're covering football because it's the, the busy parts are very predictable, like free agency, the draft in the season. Um, but there are, you know, you can, even in the season, you can essentially work kind of a nine to five in a lot of instances. I found covering the Bears, you know, I'd leave our house at 830 and I would be back by five o'clock every day. And now that we have kids, like, you know, being able to have dinner with them every night when they're old enough, that's something that's very important to me. I know there are going to be times when a transaction happens at six o'clock at night and I have to go jump on it. But that's fine. Like I, that's not the everyday thing. The, if the everyday thing were covering baseball and trying to raise a family, like I, I don't know how I myself could do that. And I admire the people who are able to do it um, because that's, that, that's a very difficult thing to do. You brought up John Moon Mullen and obviously like on the podcast, you did a, a really touching interview with him. And an interesting one because he's one of the most interesting people I think I've ever met. Yeah, he is the most interesting person I've ever met. I mean, it's it's crazy. So I'm glad that you did that episode. But I'd love to know what is his, his mentorship and friendship mean to you? I would like to think without his mentorship, I would not be – I would not have been hired by the Colts in this job. Um when I got on the bears beat, you know, I'd covered Notre Dame, I'd covered baseball and I had learned a little bit, but my, my eyes really opened up to just how moon treated people. 
when I got to work with him and when I got to see him up close and when I, you know, he talked to me about his experiences, the way moon treats people is the way I want to treat people. He treats everyone with respect. There is no conversation that is too small for him. There is no person to talk to who he ever will talk down to. He's incredibly gracious with his time and he is just a, he's a gregarious person. And something just as simple as always saying hi to someone who's walking down the hall. They may not know my name, but I, I just wanna say hi. You know, I would like to treat people the way Moon treats people. And that really colored how I approached the Bears Bee in that, I mean, Lawrence, I, I tried to never turn down an opportunity to go on someone else's podcast. That was something that was very important to me, was feeling like the, the way to really reach fans was to not talk down to them, but to talk with them. And I, I never looked up how many downloads or ratings or whatever these podcasts had. Um, and I made some really good connections with people, you know, and I, I, that is a part of the job that I absolutely loved was going on another, per, you know, another host podcast and having a conversation with them because it was a very direct way to talk to the fans and to talk to very passionate fans. And, you know, I, one of the things that I've, I've, enjoyed I guess the most about the response to me getting laid off and now getting hired is seeing people saying like hey you were always very accessible to us as fans and we really appreciated that that's something that 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 stems from how I saw Moon interact with fans and how I saw Moon interact with other people because I mean look fans are fans are why we have jobs without without rabid ravenous sports fans like no one's reading what I'm writing no one's listening to what you're saying on the score and I think it's easy when you're in these positions of your job is to know everything about without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The team that you cover or everything about the teams that you talk about to feel like you're smarter than everyone. And sometimes that especially in like a beat writer role that can sometimes be a little off-putting and fans fans want beat writers to be their conduits to the team and yeah sometimes that means like they want you to ask questions that you know you're not going to ask because you have relationships with the people who you're asking questions to and there is the professional part of that but I don't know I I, I always like this is something I'm excited to get into with Colts fans is like hey you know I want to talk with you guys. I don't want to talk at you guys. I want to talk with you guys and find ways to tell different stories that resonate with the fan base and, you know, be that accessible person because that's, that's how moon did it. And that's how I want to do it. Who was your favorite 
bear or bears person to interview and what's the your most favorite piece that you wrote for NBC oh man my favorite bears person to interview I didn't want to limit it to just people in the locker room because I know that you talk to the people beyond that um I would say all right Vic Fangio okay just straight up Vic Fangio because Vic Vic told it like it was and I I loved by 2018 there was sort of a, like a shtick that we had with Vic that, you know, I remember after the, the, uh, the Rams chiefs game, the Monday night game in 2018, you know, that one where it was a zillion points. Uh, I remember asking Vic something along the lines of like, how did you watch that? And like, do you feel like defense is dead or something like that? And he gave, you know, he gave some good answer, but then after the bears, after the Bears beat the Rams, Vic then followed it back up and he swings around and he goes like, I thought someone was asking me a month ago if defense was dead. Well, it's like, I was like, I, I love that. And uh, my favorite moment with Vic was uh, when the Bears hired Harry Keystand in 2018. Uh, he, Harry and Vic went to the same college. So it was at the end of Vic's presser and, you know, we're doing a little shtick here and there with like, you know, Vic being a Cubs fan and all that. And at the end I go, Hey Vic, do you think this is the, um, the coaching staff that has the most former members from, and let me find the, uh, the college on it. Um, But it, you know, it was from this kind of like specific small college that I had never heard of until I, you know, I looked up what Vic Fangio's history was and all that. So, and then you're like, uh, Oh, is this the cradle of coaches? Yeah, it was um, Dunmore. No, uh, hold on. East Stroudsburg, East Stroudsburg College, which I'm sure no one has ever heard of. And uh, <laughs> Vic goes, so I ask him that. Yeah, I we're Devin Shtick, and hey, you, you, is this the most uh, coaches from East Stroudsburg that have ever been on an NFL staff? And Vic goes, well, there's only one, and it's me, because uh, I don't think Harry went there. Do your research. And listeners to the Hogan Johns podcast will know, do your research is a drop that they use all the time on that podcast. So I'm sitting there, I'm getting, you know, razzed by everyone on the beat, like, ah, ha, ha, what an idiot. And I'm like, no, seriously, look, Vic's wrong. Like three hours later, Vic sends me an email. I'd never heard, I, I, you know, I don't know how Vic got my email. I'm sure it's from PR. He sends me an email to apologize. And I'm just sitting there like, this guy's awesome. Like Vic, Vic found out he was wrong and then reached out to send an email. I'm like, uh, yeah, he, Vic, Vic will always be my favorite bears person to talk to. Cause also, you know, you could, you could grab him and talk to him about anything. And like Vic knows so much. Mm -hmm. There are very few stupid questions, but if you asked a stupid question, Vic would, he would let you know. And uh, I appreciate that about him because he also made me ask better questions. Thinking about how would I ask, a, you know, quite literally an expert in this subject about this topic. What's the, the best thing that you wrote? The best thing that I wrote? Where um, you walked away from it and you were like, 
I feel like I gave everything to this piece, and I feel like I I conveyed my feelings and my information as well as I could. I mean, the first one that comes to mind uh, uh, is the interview I did with Kevin White last year, um, where you know Kevin Kevin was pretty reserved when he was on the Bears. Uh, with the media. He didn't really talk a whole lot. I kind of came in in the middle of it in 2017. Um, and he really opened up to me. Uh, you know, I credit Danny Wysocki with getting that interview set up. And uh, he, he was really, really open and honest in that interview. Uh, that, that piece, a lot of work went into that piece. Um, you know, the, the collaboration we had which is I know a word um the collaboration we had had between you know myself and Tony Gill and Michael Allardyce uh and Adam Hogue on that piece was really really good and I thought we turned out a really compelling piece of content um that kind of that that sticks in my head in terms of general you know I, I was proud of that the other thing I was proud of um this is gonna sound so stupid but um the bears were playing the jets in 2018 and it was like week so they played him in week eight i think i think in about week three Bilal Powell tore his acl or tore his achilles he was out for the year at that point so the next week i'm talking about it with the guys in the media room and i'm like to kevin fishbane i'm like hey it's super disappointing that the only two players ever named Bilal in the NFL are not going to get to play each other. And he's like, well, you should go ask Bilal Nichols about that. I'm like, I am. And he's like, you are? I'm like, yes. I walk over to Bilal Nichols and I, Bilal's still, you know, a young guy. I don't, you know, don't really know what, how he's going to respond to this, but I go, Hey, Bilal, I got something off the wall to ask you. Um, Did you see that Bilal Powell got hurt? He goes, yes. Oh my God. Oh, that stinks. And I'm like, you're the only two Bilal's to ever play in the NFL. And he's like, yeah, it's such a bummer, man. Like I was going to, you know, hope to tackle him and then be like, Hey man, you got a fantastic name. And I just like threw that in at like the bottom of a note package. But I'm like, that's I, for whatever reason, I think about that. Just Bilal Nichols being like, yeah, man, you got a fantastic name and being like, we were robbed of that opportunity. Dang it. A hundred percent robbed of that opportunity. What's a trip that you took covering the Bears that you'll remember forever? London, 2019. Um, got out there. Uh, Scott Bear, who used to cover the Raiders for, for NBC Sports Bay Area, he unfortunately also had his job eliminated. And if anyone's looking for a tremendous reporter, hire Scott Bear. Um, I got out there, and he was out there a little bit early because the Raiders got out there. and He's also a huge Bayern Munich fan. They're playing Tottenham in the Champions League. So he was out there before I was to see that match and to, you know, kind of be around the Raiders a little bit early. So I landed in London on a Wednesday. And he's like, here's how you're going to combat jet lag. We are going to go out to the pub and we're going to stay out until like 11 p.m. And I'm like, 11, like, I've been up since, I don't know, I've been up for 24 hours. He's like, no, we're doing this. So you go out. You know, go to go get dinner, go have dinner at the pub, have a few drinks at the pub. All of a sudden, 11 o'clock rolls around. He's like, all right, we're good. Go back to your hotel. I was fine the rest of the trip. Did not realize that's a good way to combat jet lag. 
But then a couple days later, him and I went to a Premier League match. We went to go see West Ham versus uh, Crystal Palace at the London Stadium where West Ham plays. And uh, West Ham lost, but we were walking up to the stadium and we were trying to figure out, like, all right, what should we do before this? Like, we got, like, four hours to kill before the match, but we're here. So we're walking around and we find this convenience store that is in this sort of, like, square. And it, the, the best way I can describe it, it felt like we were like in like Wentworth Gardens outside Guaranteed Rate Field. Like that's, that's the like aesthetic of the buildings that were there. It's a lot of kind of flats and, you know, one story places there. And there's this little square with this kind of circular area. And in the convenience store, you could buy like a four pack of Carlsberg for is just like dirt cheap, like three pounds or something. So we're like, all right, let's just like see what happens. There are a couple West Ham fans around here. All of a sudden they're like this throng of West Ham fans descends on this square and they are singing and dancing. They get on the roof of the convenience store and they're yelling and shouting and they're singing all the West Ham songs. And we're just like, I think I'm a West Ham fan for life now. And going to that match was awesome, uh, super fun. And then the next day, you know, the Bears played at Tottenham Stadium. Mm-hmm. And that experience in that stadium, I mean, holy cow. Like, to be it – was, it was surreal to be in London. And that crowd was so pro-Bears. You know, my, my parents were at the game. We had some friends who were at the game. And, like, so the Bears get down early in that game. And then they start coming back. And Chase Daniel throws a touchdown to Allen Robinson where A-Rob was, like, hurls the ball so deep into the stands that was as loud, if not louder than I've heard soldier field at its best. The bears still lost that game, but that game sticks with me because also at Tottenham, you're not in the press box. You are in the stands in kind of seats that are set up. Cause that's how they do it in England. They, they don't have a press box. They have a media area that's in the stands. So you could hear everything. And that game was just, that was awesome. Um, the other one that I'll, I will always remember will be 2018 against the Vikings, that home game, when Eddie Jackson took back that pick six, and it was like, oh, the Bears are back. The Bears are so back. And, like, feeling that, of you being like, this team, when, when the Bears are good in Chicago, it is different. And that was the first night it felt different that year. And that that always sticks with me. That was awesome. The pictures that people shared from that trip were amazing. Like see, and, and like that stadium is gorgeous. And, it's incredible. And the way that they yeah. converted it for football, American football, was top notch. And I thought that everything went as well as it could have gone for a game over in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know it was. Like that stadium also, by the way, I mean, I hope things get back to normal. Um, and I hope that the NFL gets back over to, to London because that stadium is absolutely first class. Um, I walked all around the concourse uh, there because Kevin, Kevin Fishbane was writing a story on Bears fans in England. And he went to go talk to Arlo White, who's a lead commentator for NBC's Premier League coverage. It's big White you know, Sox fan, too. No, Cubs fan. He's Cubs oh, fan. I thought he was a White Sox fan. That's Roger Bennett. That's uh, you're right. Another Bears fan from NBC. That's right. Um, 
And I had, I had interviewed Arlo for the Under Center podcast the year before, and we'd stayed in contact a little bit. Um, so I kind of followed Kevin over and went to go, you know, meet Arlo in person. And then Kevin interviewed him. And um, Arlo, just a tremendous, tremendous person, um, was very gracious with his time. Um, yeah, and, and, and we, we walked literally around the whole stadium to go find him. And it's, that stadium is just, it's incredible. Um, I, I hope the NFL gets back there sooner rather than later. I hope so, too. I, I really do hope so that we get to a place where we can all be at, you know, the same place at the same time. I mean, we have to talk about this because it'll live forever. The And you actually already said, I don't even know if you realized you said jump on it earlier in the interview. <laughs> um, I I did. I did. I threw that in there just for you. I'm, I wasn't kidding. I When I posted it, I said this is the most fun I've ever had on television. It was. It was the most fun. And the reason that it got to be fun was because you played with it. That had it been us and you were kind of not in on the joke, it wouldn't have been as fun. The fact that you were in on it and allowed yourself, here you are, this you know respected reporter. If you wouldn't have allowed yourself to just be in that moment, it wouldn't have been as fun. I love that. Like, I think... That, I loved, it's the first time in a really long time. One of the things that, I haven't really talked about this at all since getting laid off, but one of the things that I regret about how things played out at NBC was it was the first time in a while that I felt like I was on a team. Mm-hmm. And I felt that when you know you were obviously taking care of the babies and we went down to the Super Bowl and I got to you know kind of sit in for you at the Super Bowl the crew that we put together on Sundays when before you know you would you would be on the post game show and we do the pregame show the guys themselves I really felt like it was a team and that was the hardest part for me yeah was here I here I am someone who does a solo radio show and I have my team around me, my production team around me. It had a great vibe to it. And that's the unfortunate part about some of this. And, and honestly, it's I hate to, to even make this sound even more ridiculous, but it's it's part of the reason why I'm so reluctant to fall in love again with like work. You know, like, because mm-hmm. you, you're given this family, like, you're given this team of people, and then it's gone. And, and working through that is really difficult. Like, that was, that's what struck me. Like, I, I think, man, like, we just had, even the guys like Dave Wanstead. Like, I'm not supposed to be friends with Dave Wanstead. Like, I'm not, like, that, that, that's not a thing that's supposed to happen. And you end up building these incredible relationships with people and it can just be not extinguished because I think that all of us have done a really good job of staying connected. It's just different. And right. it sucks and it hurts so bad when you see good people and, and you know that they're not going to be a part of your everyday routine. Yeah, I mean, I went through that way too many times at NBC. Um, you know, when I, when I started out in 2010, 2011, like it was, it was Tony Andracki, Scott Crinch, who's now over at stadium. 
um, Jake Flanagan, who's now over at Marquee with Tony, Scott Shagnon, uh, Katie Fowler, Matt Zickis, like we, and TK. And there was this incredible team of people. And it felt like we were like building something in the early days because we were building a website from kind of the ground up. And we were making mistakes and learning from them and building and growing. And we were really tight as a team there. And, you know, there are changes that were made and people left for different jobs or, you know, whatever it may be. But like the core of that team was always intact until 2017 when TK, Crinch, Jake all lost their jobs. And it was just like, and, and Dan Hayes, you know, then, you know, on the writer side, you know, Moon, Patrick Mooney, Dan Hayes, uh, Vincent Goodwill, Tracy Myers, like, we had, I mean, we had so much talent mm-hmm. on our staff back then. And, and then like these people get laid off and you kind of lose that part of you. And then, you know, different things happen. Like, you know, having Cam come in was awesome. Cam is the best. He's, he is He's just so the, great. The, the best dude. And, you know, then it changes, but you feel like, all right, we got a really good team here. And then that gets blown up again. And it's just like, that is also why, you know, to go back to this Colts job, like, getting to know the people who I'm working with has been nothing short of awesome. I I feel so lucky to be with them and to be able to work with them. I can't wait to see the the things we're going to do because it feels very much like the same atmosphere and the same feeling that we had back at CSN when everyone was was working together on the same thing and working for a common goal but also we're just like good people mm-hmm. good people to work with and that I, I again i i was so lucky to be a part of that at csn at you know at nbc um but you're right like then when you lose that like that sucks there's no handbook for getting laid off and being like well this is fine there's always something that you're going to be missing when that happens. We talked about your wife. I want to talk about your boys before I like you. You can hear them right now. No, I just like them. They're just like, they're, they're fun and adorable and smart. And you all, you've always been a good person, but I feel like it, 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 it amplified once you had children. How do you think they've affected you? How have they changed you? That's a good question. Um, I think they like they are a very tangible thing to feel like you are like you know to have a purpose with everything. You know, I, I've always had a purpose as a husband, a friend, as a worker. These different things as an employee, but like when they're your kids, man, it is different. And there are, yeah, you're not, I'm not getting as good of sleep as I once used to. And my schedule revolves around them, but that is, that is okay because they are wonderful boys. And, um, you know, it's also this kind of this shared common purpose with my wife that, you know, we had a dog, we have a dog. We got a dog before we had kids. It's like, all right, you're going to like take the dog out. Okay. Whose turn is it? Whatever this it's like, there are two of them. 
there's no such thing as taking turns <laughs> and we are working toward the same thing which is the growth and development of these boys and how much we love them and showing them how much we love them uh, it's hard to like pinpoint one thing that you know i i feel like i've changed but i definitely have um you know it it having boys requires a lot better time management which is something i'm always constantly working on because they are they they require uh, a, a very strict schedule because they're twins and uh there's you know it's funny we talk to you know friends who have one baby and it's like oh yeah you know she slept for four and a half hours last night and we're like and she's like three months old and we're like okay when these guys are three months old one of them could have slept for four and a half hours but the other might have slept for two hours which means we're waking them up at two hours like it's it, the those first couple months like i don't know how we did it we always talk about it like i have no idea how we made it through that um you know with you know i was lucky enough that nbc was incredibly helpful with my parental leave um, I was able to take two and a half months for them. And that's, you know, Lawrence, like you mentioned, when you were filling in down at the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how I did it when we came back, when I came back to work. And then the pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. We lose any regular help we have. Um, and we, we basically did it on our own in the middle of a pandemic for a couple of months while I was still trying to cover the bears. Uh, you know, then Betsy goes back to work and, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I truly, I think it's evolutionary that I don't remember a lot of the, the hard parts of it. <laughs> it's like, if you remember the hard parts, you wouldn't want to have any more. What is I think it? that's I, an evolutionary I, thing. Isn't it, uh, God, I, I know I'm going to sound like an idiot if I get this wrong, but isn't it oxytocin that is produced? Like, that uh, and it, oxytocin is what keeps mothers from killing their children because there's a euphoric thing that happens and a connection that happens with them it's wild i mean <laughs> when when it's it's three o'clock in the morning and you haven't slept at all and your baby also hasn't slept and then you put that baby down and there's another one next to him who then immediately wakes up because you put the other one down when they fell asleep um I'm sure that happened to us. I don't remember specifics of it. Yes, I actually got that right on oxytocin. I, it's it's all right. There you is, go. Good it job. It is nicknamed the love drug, and it is a hormone that is set off by childbirth and and breastfeeding, so that you know <laughs> the parents don't kill their children. So so yes, that's a good thing, man. Um, one more thing. I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you. I love you, man. I really do. I, I think you that too, Lawrence. I think that you're wonderful. You're a wonderful guy. You're a tremendous reporter and an incredible performer. The Colts are getting a good man in their organization, and it couldn't happen to a nicer human being. I was so happy when you told me when you're like, "Hey, this is." This might happen. Like, this is a thing that might happen. I was like, yes. Like, someone's smart enough to hire JJ and, and give him an opportunity to, to tell some stories because you know how to tell people stories. It, 
honestly like reaffirm my faith in in faith you know <laughs> like <laughs> like because jj shouldn't be out here with these two babies that he's got to wrangle looking for work and and i think that you landed in a great spot like the i like the the cosmos seemed to be working in your favor like the mm-hmm. idea that it's betsy's squad that there's family down there it's it's really wonderful but i wanted to tell you because I'm trying to do a better job of that, of letting people know that, I, I mean, I, I really appreciate our, our being colleagues, but I think this friendship that we've built, mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And I wanted to tell you that straight up and down, and I just think that you're an incredible dude. Well, I got to tell you, Lawrence, I mean, first of all, I love you too. I mean, the, you have been in my corner for so long. Um, in a way that you didn't have to be. I, I could have just been the the web reporter on the pregame show, and we're going to talk about what I want to talk about. But I remember when I started on that, you were like, hey, man, send me what you want to talk about. And you gave me the freedom to explore different things in the locker room that I could then bring to the pregame show. That was awesome. And then you get me on your radio show uh, on a, a regular, frequent basis. That that did wonders for my career here in Chicago, for my exposure here in Chicago. Um, it was, it's so cool. You know, whenever I had people I hadn't heard from, from high school in 10 years, be like, Hey man, I heard you on the score with Lawrence. That was awesome. Um, you know, and then we've become friends through that, you know, through you being such an important part of my career. And, you know, I, I was texting with you cause you were one of the, the people who I needed, I needed to talk to when this was happening. Like there, there are people in the industry who I needed to talk to. It was like you, it was Moon, it was Dan Hayes and like, you know, a couple others, but th- those are like, you know, you're, you're my core guys who have been so important. It was TK Gore, another one. Um, and that, that is something that I will always cherish. And I know I'm going to be three hours away, but like, I better see you, man. Like, we and and uh, Herbie already said uh, 2024. It's got me booked for your show. So oh, good, good. He's getting ahead. <laughs> he's he's getting ahead on the booking when the Bears and the Colts play yeah. each other. It's great. I feel like we should book Betsy though because you should honestly book her. I mean, she's she, <laughs> like I'm still learning the Colts. She knows more about the Colts than I do right now. Uh, that's gonna have to change because I need I need to know more, but. She knows more about the Colts than I do. Let's be honest. You should have her on. I would tell you good luck, but you don't need it. I will I will just say to you, super proud of you, and I'm glad that this worked out. You're going to do an incredible job for them, and it's they are very lucky to have you, man. Absolutely I lucky. Just, I also just want to say to you know everyone, if you've made it this far, and, and everyone who – has listened to me on the Under Center podcast or read my work at NBC Sports Chicago or watched me on TV or followed my dumb tweets. Like, thank you to everyone in Chicago. Um, I'm going to miss a lot of these folks dearly who have become a huge part of who I've been as a, a reporter, as a journalist, as a, a, as a writer. Um, you know, there, there are too many of these Bears fans who I'm, I'm just going to be sad to not have regular interactions with, you know, um, and that, that, that's tough, but I know 
hey, Colts fans, I know from experience, Colts fans are pretty good too. So I can, uh, I, I'm really excited to get to know the fan base as a larger whole, um, you know, to kind of, to kind of really start working down there. And Hey, I'm, I'm already starting writing. I wrote an introductory piece today uh, on Colts.com kind of welcoming me, I guess, to the job. And we're, we're going to get rocking and rolling here with free agency right around the corner. There is a lot of work to do and a lot of things to write. Um, and I, I'm really excited. I, and, and again, I couldn't be happier to, to be doing this gig and uh, couldn't be more fortunate that the Colts wanted me to do it. I can hear that there's quiet in your house right now. I don't know how that happened. I think the, ba- the boys are out on a walk. So, so listen, I'm going to be done with this interview so you can enjoy some of the quiet because I know that it doesn't last long. Keep being you, man, and, and, and this is not the end of us talking. It just is the end of this particular episode of the podcast. But keep being you because you're, you're pretty wonderful and you've done wonderful things. I love you, Lawrence. Thanks for having me on. I love you too, JJ, man. Be good. It's so weird how that job in Indianapolis like came along at the exact right time for JJ. He's going to do a great job covering the Colts. I, I wish him a lot of luck. He doesn't need it because he's great. He's going to need luck wrangling those babies, though. Those, those little cute buggers, man. <laughs> they are a something. They are a something, and they are going to take Indianapolis by storm, those two. So big thanks to J.J. Uh, shout out to Betsy, his wife, who's, who's really great. And J.J. raised a lot of money for the Breakthrough organization out on the near west side. Like, he's, he's a good egg, man, and he'll do great stuff down in Indy. So I thank him for being on the podcast. I want to update you on what's going on with me and the score. I will do that after I tell you that David Hochberg is one of my favorite people. He helped me get loans for my condo and for my home. He has been a a vital ally in learning about home buying and the home buying process, and he can help you, 855-56-DAVID, or visit 56david.com. And you can learn more about him. But if you're buying a home or you're refinancing, it's the guy that you want on your side. He will make it easy for you. I promise you. Hit him up. Homeside Financials, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. And Brendan Studzinski is a great insurance guy. State Farm. We thank State Farm. We thank Brendan. He's in Lincoln Park. ChicagoSF.com is the easiest way that you can get a hold of them, get a quote. When you do, $10 goes to Paul Chicago. It's a charity that he chose. He's like, listen, Lawrence, it's important to me. I care about pets. He's like, I know you don't have any pets, but I want to connect House of L with Paul Chicago. And I was like, damn right. Let's do it. So if you go, even if you just get a quote from him, State Farm's going to donate $10 to Paul Chicago. So do what you can. Chicago SF. I think we're in the home stretch. When I did the interview about House of L with Jeff Agress, and and thanks to Jeff, I appreciate him taking interest in that. You know what? Let me take a quick detour into that interview for a second. I'm really glad that 
Jeff took the time to talk about this podcast and not just like this particular podcast, but where where the industry is going and that he is keeping an eye on it. You know, as I, I told him, like we're getting we're getting close, you know, as we spread out and stretch out and add new content and new podcasts, like we're closing in on a million downloads. And for a thing that started as a class project to get to that point to me is a huge deal. And I, I mean, God, I know that they're, you know, I'm not reaching what Joe Budden is out here doing on the podcast tip or, or hell, like what even what the Levitard show is doing in like weeks, man, I'm so inspired by them. So inspired or Marin or whomever else. Right. But the fact that you listen to this podcast, that you, have been here for the really great interviews and when I've gone off script and done other stuff is, is really kind of you and I appreciate your support. And it's honestly made me think of what can happen next with this. Like how big of a deal is it? How far can it go? Is there something to this that goes beyond what I do in radio? So it was cool to, you know, Jeff kind of asked me some of those questions when we talked about what my intentions are with this podcast. And I'm, I know that it's to continue to have a creative space that's my own and to bring people into that creative space and allow them to do whatever it is that they want to do. That's the, the, the goal. Um, as things stand with the score, I... I think we're in the home stretch. Like you can never be a hundred percent sure. And I, I feel stupid because I, I know this rule about broadcasting. Like I told Jeff is like, I think we're close. Like I expected that the deal would be signed like last week and it hasn't been. And that's fine. Like there's not, it's Monday. First of all, like there's no, we have until the end of the month to get something done. And I, I expect that, all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and then I could sign it and we can just keep rocking and rolling at the score. But what I will tell you is it's nice to know that no matter what, I'll have a place. This will be my place to to do stuff and to explore and to create. And And I hope that I get the same opportunity with – the score too. I mean, I love that place. And it's a different type of creating and live radio is still important to me. So I, I thank Jeff for doing that interview and I, I'm hopeful that things will be settled in a celebratory way and we can just keep on doing what we're doing as house of L continues to grow. If you haven't checked out the episodes, the Sports Adjacent podcast, you can actually now, they have their own RSS feed that you should subscribe to. It's Russ Dorsey and it's Jason Leisure. Maddie's going to stay inside of my feed for a while, but she has got a killer episode coming up this week. I've already listened to it, and she picks out really good guests to talk to about things going on in the world of baseball. So I wanted to let you know that I appreciate all of the support. If you are a business owner and 
you want to advertise on this podcast, houseofelpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want to give some feedback to the podcast, you want to talk about guests that have been on or this particular episode, houseofelpodcast at gmail.com is the way that you can do it. And I, again, I, I truly, sincerely thank you for your support of this podcast. That'll do it for this episode. Shout out to JJ Stankovitz for being a great dude and a good friend. And I'm excited for what he does out in Indianapolis covering the Colts. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I got more coming. I got more. I got some stories for you. Woo! Best part. Talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.